Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf, and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. In today's podcast, I interview Dr. Uma Naidu, nutritional psychiatrist, Harvard trained, and she's going to talk to me about when it comes to diet, most people think it involves weight loss or eating healthy or fitness or cardiac health or cancer or longevity. But what we eat affects more than just our bodies, it also affects our brains and feeds back into our mind. So the link between mind, brain, and psychiatric health and diet is what we're going to be covering today. One more thing before we begin. These podcasts are for educational purposes and are not medical advice. If you need medical advice, please see the appropriate medical professional. If you're looking for more mental health tips and strategies, you can sign up for my newsletter at drleaf.com. It's free. And when you sign up, you're going to get a free workbook on my latest book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. And now on to today's episode. Dr. Uma Naidu, what a pleasure to interview you today and to talk to you. I'm so excited about our conversation. This is such an important conversation to have around nutritional psychiatry. So people have heard your bio, but I'd love you to just tell us a bit more about yourself and tell us something that's not in your bio and tell us why nutritional psychiatry. I just love it so much. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Dr. Lee, for for hosting me. I, I was looking forward to this conversation very much and a big fan admirer of your work. Thank you. Nutritional, psych- nutritional psychiatry is really the use of healthy whole foods to improve what I call mental fitness. So it's really our mental well-being, our emotional selves. And it turns out that because of the, the government that's really emerging research in the last two decades, that we understand that these two organs are connected and that there's, there are very positive ways in which they can affect our emotional well-being. And that's really how I define nutritional psychiatry. It's really not about eating 10 blueberries or taking 10 milligrams of Prozac. It's really about finding yeah. the personalized nutritional psychiatry plan that suits you the best. And one thing that people don't know about me that's not in the book is that Although I came from a family of many, many physicians, allopathic and a few Ayurvedic, I wanted to be an astronaut at the age of five. I love it. <laughs> I was fascinated by space. And, you know, my parents were very encouraging. They were like, well, of course, you know, I, I'm not quite sure what they thought in Durban, South Africa, how I would quite get to be an astronaut, <laughs> but they encouraged me. But I think that also just being surrounded by that element of science and health and nutrition, love and family and playing, you know, playing doctor with my uncles who are medical residents and things like that. I oh, think I somehow wow. got influenced in the medical field. So that's amazing. You come from a whole family of physicians. That's absolutely beautiful. But now we have something else in common, and that's we come from the same part of the world. So you're that's also South African. You were born in South Africa? I was. I was born in Durban in South Africa oh. and I came I moved to the US to study. Yeah. Durban is so beautiful. We have a, we used to have a house on the south coast and we used to spend like half the year, well, three quarters of about a quarter of the year there every year and it's so beautiful. Such a beautiful part it's, of the world. 
it's an absolutely beautiful part of the world and, and I would encourage people to visit if they haven't. Oh. That in Cape Town, yeah. Oh, yes. I, I studied in Cape Town, spent lots of time in Durban. Beautiful country. But now you've been here in the States for a long time, haven't you? How many years is it now? I have. I've lost count, but I've uh, let me put it this way. I've been here longer than, than I did spend growing up. So you really- and I recently, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's funny, you lose track of that. And, mm. and I think that, I think like yourself, you know, there were just such amazing opportunities for me and, and my parents were very encouraging of that oh. and I was fortunate. So. Oh, that's one. Are you the only one here or is your family here yes. as well? Yes. So I have uh, other, I have distant relatives here, but my immediate siblings are between London and South Africa. Oh, and, that's wonderful. And so. Yeah. Oh, that's my my mum is still in Durban, so yeah. that's like me. I have my, my family are all still in South Africa. I'm the only one here, so we have to go and visit, and they come and visit us. But it's so well. That's so exciting that we have the same sort of history, which is lovely and exciting. Now mm. I know that you have brought out a beautiful new book. This is your brain on food. I love it. It's fantastic and such an important concept and such an important topic. So I'd love to dive into this. But before we do, I wanted to just ask you, you know, conversations, you and I've had this conversation before and I have it so often. And one of the things that, you know, I say a lot of, and I know you have the same philosophy is that we don't want to label people and lock them in. And the narrative of the last 40 years, which you and I've seen in the trajectory of our career, we went, we went mm. from looking at the whole person context to looking at mm. the brain and everything's brain, 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 mm-hmm. brain, brain. And even though the advances mm-hmm. are phenomenal, this concept of clinical neuroscience is very frightening because it's led to things like the mm. DSM and it's led to labeling and boxing people in. I'd love you just to talk mm-hmm. to that because you explain it so beautifully sure. as well. You know, I one of even though I'm a practicing prescribing psychiatrist, I think that what nutritional psychiatry has offered me is the opportunity to share something that I bring with me from my cultural heritage, which is a holistic, integrated, and functional approach. So I'm always looking for an underlying cause. And I have an issue with DSM-5, even though I, I am a prescriber, because it really does not cover individuals. It does not cover many people whom I see. It's not a checkbox. It shouldn't be a list. And many people have emotions that are mixed with certain symptoms that, you know, you rather than add a label to it, which is related to a diagnosis code, which is related to insurance billing, why not actually speak to the person? And that that is what my work is about. It's It's obtaining a history, but then finding out what are ways that we we can help you feel better. So as I've said a few times to in, uh, to others I've spoken to, Dr. Lee, when someone comes in to talk to me and has a carnivore diet or a vegan diet, my role is not what I eat. It's really how to help you with what you're eating for your improved mental fitness. And there can be a variety of things. And sometimes what we find with careful exploration and testing, that someone has radically changed their diet for a different reason. And they have developed symptoms of, say, feeling very jittery and feeling very anxious. And rather than taking a medication, they'll speak to me. And with careful counseling and work around this, we can really walk them better to a better nutrition plan that they're eating and improve how they're feeling emotionally. And that's happened more than once. So not everyone needs a medication, but that at the same time, I know that we're responsible as well as, as, as clinicians and scientists. You know, if someone is taking a medication, my message is not stop your medication and, and do something else. It's work with your physician to decide. But food is a tool at the end of our fork right now today that we can make a decision about. And it's powerful because it's, it's within our control. 
I love that so much. I love the fact that, you know, we're eating anyway and the food is so powerful. These, you know, you, it, it's as powerful as a medication in a different way if it's used, if it's yeah. used correctly. So it's so important that we do embrace a holistic approach. And I think that's what's been missing from this new narrative, this, not new narrative, this 40 year old narrative is moving <laughs> away from, you know, the, the science is neuro, a bit neuroreductionistic. So I love your approach and I love the, how you deal with the fact that I'm mean, and that your book, This Is Your Brain on Food is fantastic because you really break down all the different areas. So these 11 chapters, and I thought the best way to handle this is first, let's discuss why you wrote the book, and then let's talk about some of the details in the book, because I've got so many questions I'd love to ask you that I think will help the audience. Sure. So I wrote, I really wrote the book because the nexus of the different things that I do, I really followed, I I was always encouraged to study things that I loved. And I knew that I loved psychiatry, but I felt there was a gap. And that gap was there was no thought about mindfulness, about other other ways to feel better, you know, even everything seemed to be dark leaf at the end of a prescription mm. pad. It seemed mm. to be the power of the prescription pad. And I didn't like that. I felt it was incomplete. So I began exploring. I wanted to learn more about nutrition. I know that we don't learn enough in medical school. My trip to culinary school, that was a whole, whole that was owed to Julia Child, who was my food hero. Oh, I love it. And I learned that, that, that she <laughs> One of my favorite. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> I decided, well, why not me? And part of it was when I was all early days studying in Boston, it was quite lonely. Yeah. Could you know? Couldn't afford pub- cable TV, so I had public television. She was on, and you know, oh, she nice. she would drop drop the omelet, and she would do all these. She'd have the big fish, and she'd be doing love all it. these things. And it gave me confidence. It gave me yeah. confidence as a young cook and someone who had moved far away from their family. And so I decided that when, when I figured, oh, she she studied this as her second career. Why why can't I do it? And I was very fortunate. I was very blessed actually that it came together in in the way that it did in nutrition and mental health and nutritional psychiatry. So the purpose of of writing the book was that I was interviewed for an article, spoke to a reporter, and it was for a weekend edition of the Wall Street Journal back in 2018. And unbeknownst to me, the article went viral. And then agents and publishers reached out to me and said, well, you should be writing a book. And I I really didn't realize that I had been yeah. doing the work and I had started the clinic and, and I had that I had been seeing patients. So that was how the book came to be. I love and that. I felt I, one of the things I felt, and, and I know you're a many time bestselling author, was that for the first time, I realized a book was a way of sharing a larger message with more people. And I hadn't realized that I'd always only been sort of in a hospital setting or private practice and working with an individual one-to-one. But but it really opened my eyes up to how many more people can really take the education from it or even just learn something new about food, learn something new about improving their, fortifying their mental well-being, you know, through, through the use of food, but also through other things like how you sleep is equally important. You know, how you how you eat for immune system is important. It's all of these things together. It's not just one one single thing. So Oh, I love that. I love um, that that whole history there. That's that's wonderful. Second career, Juliet Child. And then also to get into <laughs> the fact that nutrition, I mean, it was something we do every day. It's so vital. And I love what you said that as you say at med school, at, you don't learn about nutrition. And I've trained thousands nutrition. and thousands of physicians in mind. And those of you think of it, those are the two areas that are vital and you've brought them together, which is so beautiful. Your mental health is and should be a priority. I learned this from my friend, Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a renowned psychiatrist, neuroscientist, and founder of Amen Clinics. The Amen Clinics are unique because they use a comprehensive and holistic approach, including brain spec imaging, to treat mental health issues. 
I've visited an MN clinic and seen Dr. MN in action, and I was able to see for myself how brain scans show that many mental health conditions, such as ADD, anxiety, and depression, are often not caused by just one thing. That's why giving everyone the same treatment will never work. So you can get a treatment plan that's targeted to your needs. I love that the doctors at Amen Clinics use natural therapies wherever possible. To find out how you can change your brain and change your life, visit amenclinics.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. If you book, you'll get 10% off an evaluation when you use the promo code Dr. Leaf 10 at checkout. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. So the book is, This is Your Brain on Food. And let's now dive into some of the chapters because you really break it down very, sure. very well. And this is like one of those books that you just, you know, you, you keep, you don't give it away, you get it because there's, you know, it's Thank one of those, it's got, it's got lots of really excellent information. You've got some tab- tables in here and you've also got some recipes and that kind of stuff. So it's a super easy book to actually work through. So let's talk about the gut brain romance. And, and I know that that's been a sort of it's t- two decades or so now. And I remember when I first started, it was, wow, you know, is there even any relationship? Between, between them and how it's how important right. the enteric nervous system is. I mm-hmm. mean, people don't even realize that your yeah. gut has as many neurons as your spinal cord. I mean, it's this is a real yeah. it is a real conversation that's going on between our brain and our, our gut. So could you talk just a it's little really about is. that? Because I know so many, and, and I've interviewed lots of people about the gut brain, and I love your mm. approach, and I think it's so important for people to understand in terms of mental health. So if you wouldn't right. mind just expanding a little bit about the gut sure. brain romance. I think it's helpful. Absolutely. You know, Dr. Leaf, I think it's important that people understand that for exactly the reasons that you shared. You know, many physicians, many scientists who've been studying, yeah. this is something that was taught. And what we understand is that the gut and brain arise from the exact same cells in the body. So in the developing embryo, they arise from neural crest cells. And so they are inextricably connected embryologically, but then anatomically. The vagus nerve runs from the, the 10th cranial nerve runs from the gut to the brain, brain to the gut. And it's called the wandering nerve in the body. And I like to call it for want of a better word or a phrase, the two-way superhighway, because it's always sending chemical messages 24 hours a day, seven days a week between these two organs, which is where food becomes so vitally important. Because as a food gets digested, you know, we can either those food products that are digested, we can either feed the bad bugs of the gut with, with junk food and fast food and added sugars and refined sugars, or we can feed the good microbes in the gut, which then help us thrive, help our immunity, help our hormone balance, help everything, but also our mental health. So that's that's important for us to understand. And then I also like to share with people that they know of medications like Prozac and Zoloft, which are called selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, but more than 95% of the receptors are in the gut. So it's, it's just helpful to put for people to understand that. And then right now, it's so important for us to know that about 70% of our immune system is in the gut. So it's just such a, a massive organ that, you know, I like, like them to understand that there's about 29 trillion microbes in there, different kinds. And if you were to put them together, they would look like a small avocado, but they're all over within uh, within the system. And the lining of the gut is a single cell layer thin. So it can easily be damaged. It's a single cell layer thin. And they have these tight junctions that hold these cells together. So when you just damage it by eating poorly, and, and all of us can up our food game and, and eat a little healthier, but when we when we on that fast food diet with the junk foods and processed foods that are not best for us, they're not best for us because they, they do damage our mental health. And one of the ways they do it is through the impact they have 
on the gut brain axis by causing inflammation and setting that up. And then people have leaky gut and other conditions that arise. Mm. So it's just not, it's not just a, you know, the fact that it's 70, 90, up to 95% of serotonin is produced in the gut, 70% of the immune system. I mean, this is, and it's the brain immune system is connected to the body's immune system through this area too. I mean, this is like so vitally important. So what you're doing yeah. is helping people to, you, you kind of, okay, you know what, let's do it this way. Let's talk about the different areas and then let's talk about maybe mm-hmm. have a look. We'll talk about some of the different areas and then what would be a typical kind of example of, of how you would help mm-hmm. a patient so we can, we'll, we'll create a scenario. You can give us one from your practice, sure. someone that you that, that would give us a good example. Okay, I love that. So now let's talk a little bit about your, I'm just going to flip through the chapters because I love how you've laid okay. them out and they make so much sense. So now you talk about depression, probiotics, omega-3s and the Mediterranean eating, eating pattern in chapter two. So I know there's so much debate about that and about the Mediterranean diet yeah. being absolutely fantastic. We all know we need right. probiotics. We know we need omega-3s and you've got it under depression. I like that. I like how you've categorized things like that. So take it away. Absolutely. So I find that when people are, especially now in, say, in the, in the far northeast where I am, you know, now we're heading towards spring, but the earlier months were quite dark. People suffer with seasonal affective disorder or what, what I like to people feel blue. They just don't feel good. That's where food can be super important. Things like vitamin D, the largest amount of vitamin D we get just by outdoor sunlight. 10 minutes of 10 to 15 minutes of outdoor sunlight will, will do your body good. That's where we get 80% of our vitamin D. But you can also fortify that with the foods you eat, especially if you live in certain areas where you are exposed to less less light. But you know, as you said, there's a lot of lot of thoughts about the Mediterranean diet. What where I this is what I feel about it. I feel that one of the things the Mediterranean diet is it reminds us that eating those vegetables, the fruit in in mental health, I like to call about. Um, I like to speak mostly about lower glycemic fruit like berries because they are super rich in antioxidants. And they're low glycemic. So if someone is struggling a little bit with weight, say they've taken other medications or they're not exercising because they're just not feeling good, it's one way to still have the fiber nutrients from, from fruit, but you know, not go with, say, the high glycemic fruit until perhaps their metabolic health improves. Because we're understanding that 88% of Americans now have poor metabolic health of some kind. And what that is telling us is that in a situation like COVID and a pandemic, predisposing conditions are actually making us sicker. So I feel it's just important and one easy tweaks that we can make is to start eating healthier to lower the the statistics around our metabolic health. And that's where things, little tweaks like the types of food we eat. If if we are concerned about our, our weight or we have a propensity for insulin resistance or type 2 diabetes. So all of that becomes important. So Mediterranean diet offers us some great principles. Is it the only way? No. Absolutely not. I think there are many, many ways to incorporate good food. So what I prefer to do is use things like prebiotics, probiotics, other fiber-rich foods, the B vitamin foods, vitamin D-rich foods, several others, but then you know elements of, of different diets which might be more personalized for someone for someone who's coming in to see me. Even though you talk in general about the book, you obviously do it as a bio-individual treatment plan. Exactly. So, for example, I had a young woman pre-COVID who was about 28 years old, and she came in referred by her gastroenterologist. And basically, she was very panicked. She came in asking me for medication called Zoloft. And, you know, often people will ask you for something, and I'm always open to a discussion. But as a nutritional psychiatrist, I like to explore further as to, before I pull out that prescription pad, really, let's let's look at what you might need. And we just... 
And, you know, we discovered that she actually didn't need a medication. About 18 months before she came to see me, she'd gotten a promotion at work. And from being a young woman who, you know, had meals at home, went to her gym several times a week, she was suddenly had all this, this sort of great lifestyle where she was flying every other day in cities, going for business meetings. And what it is it disrupted her regular schedule. So she was eating in airports, eating fast foods, eating junk foods that she hadn't been doing before. You know, eating snacks out of the bar fridge when she arrived late at night at a hotel, going to more business meetings. She might have usually had a glass of wine at dinner on a Friday night. Now she was having two glasses almost every other night because every time she arrived somewhere, she was networking. And so what was good for her career was also ruining her health. And she realized that when we put it together. And she wanted to avoid a medication and she was able to. She was functioning and was very anxious. But we were able to slowly tweak her diet over time. Because what had happened is her gut was incredibly inflamed and she had developed what we call dysbiosis, which is when those bad, I just like to say the bad bugs overcome the good bugs and cause disruption. And other people called it leaky gut. And as we worked with her to just eat healthier, built in, you know, where could she shop when she went somewhere? Could she could she take some snacks with her so she wasn't buying chips and pretzels in the airport you know what what could she do differently how could she cut back on even the glass of wine she was having what what could she do to really improve her gut healing and over about four months she was much improved much improved and she didn't need a medication she you know she exercised more she learned just she she, she learned a meditation on an app just how to center herself, use sounds, use words that were grounding. And so we went in many different directions. But the staple thing was we helped we helped rework her diet. And she was a great example of, of, of how we need to think more out of the box when it comes to someone presenting in a certain way to a doctor, yeah. a clinician. Or... This is very important what you've just said because we so conditioned in this current society in this current environment that the minute you feel out of sorts emotionally depression anxiety yeah. it's quick you know get to the the, the primary care physician 95 percent of prescriptions are coming from the primary mm. care physician yes. so it's so fortunate that yes. they landed up in this lady landed up in your hands because if she had just gone straight to the primary care physician there's a good chance she would have gone on zoloft which we know would have had a whole bunch of side effects i mean there's 14 page in what's the nearly 14 page informed consent talking about all the potential side effects yes. and you avoid that and you actually then re so reconditioned her whole gut and her whole mm -hmm. mind and helped her to see that that change of diet was, was contributing. Obviously, the whole lifestyle Absolutely. change was contributing too. So I, lo I love sure. that. And I think it's that holistic context that we need to look at the whole person's narrative. And that's what's so missing yes. in the quick fix mentality of today. And you're not offering mm -hmm. that. What you're offering is let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at the context yes. of your life. What's changed? You know, what's happening? Yes. What are you doing? And you know, from the research that I've done, my most recent clinical trials, of the work that I did, the narrative is the most important because that gives you the big yeah. picture. So I'm so pleased I, I, you gave that example. Thank you. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, when you mentioned, um, we happen to use Zoloft as an example here, one of the things that's that's troubling me deeply about the pandemic is I, I think that we're attending to many things. We, we are doing what we need to do to move our lives forward. But we are we are not, and this is something I know I've heard you talk about, we are missing the mental health picture in all of this because people may not be talking about it, just not feeling good. I'm not talking about a diagnosis, just not feeling good. Just, you know, feeling so anxious, sleeping poorly, being traumatized by either having losing a family member or just, you know, going through the illness to the extent that there were new 
new prescriptions for Zoloft and for sleep and for anxiety last year were on the rise in, in for new new individuals who had not taken it before. Speaking to that point that I think, you know, when, when, when you appear in a panic state, I think that many physicians will read for the, reach for the prescription pad first. It's also sometimes be the expectation of the person going in is I need help and I want that because that's happened to me in, in my practice. But the other thing is that Zoloft went on shortage during June of last year in the country, in the United States. So speaking to the fact that there were so many new prescriptions, and I feel like we have to find our way back from there. And one way to do that is certainly the work that you do and, and, and you know, people reading your book and really, really understanding how can we work ourselves back from these conditions and also using nutrition. You know, the things that, that are within our power, you know. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Oh, I think that's brilliant. And I'm so glad you brought that up because it is like that. It does worry me that they're going on about the next pandemic is mental health, as though mental health is on the rise. Meanwhile, it's not like yeah. there's some illness that's, you know, they, they lump it in with the pandemic as though the pandemics is unknown. And then they say mental health is yeah. unknown. And it's such a, a false yeah. narrative because the fact is that from yeah. the beginning of time, mankind has battled with, with their mind. It's just being a human is hard yes. to live. It's not like this is, this is and live. every generation yeah. faces something different. And this, you know, COVID is yeah. a huge, so someone's, as you said, lost a loved one in a financial situation in isolation mm-hmm. obviously they're depressed and sad it's a normal yes. response to an adverse it's a normal response yeah but they want to come in as you quite rightly said dr umas they want to come in the mental health system and label and diagnose and increase medication which they have been that's yeah. not the solution that's just going to make things worse which is what we've seen happening over the past 40 years i mean one of the reasons that our one element of our poor metabolic health is some of those medications because exactly or they happen to impact yeah. your, you know, your glucose intolerance. So, so and cardiovascular that, um, and neurological, some of them have up to 1400 side effects and people are not being told that. They're not being told right. about the, you know, the, how hard they are to wean off and all that kind of stuff. And that's, exactly. and that creates a whole new problem and people feel worse about it's, themselves. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. People feel worse. They don't. And studies have shown that, for example, sometimes there's only 50 about 50% of remission when you take a medication. And and so it's a complicated thing because if we're not, we, we it's always been there, like you said, Dr. Lee, people struggle with how they were feeling emotionally for eternity until the beginning of time. And, and mo- most of it is there's so much stigma associated with it. It's how do we find our way back? How do we just find a way to feel better, to get the help that we need, whatever that might be. But I think that using, you know, the techniques that you teach people, using, you know, nutrition through through their mental health, using a holistic approach, just thinking, what can I do better? Can I sleep better? Can I be drinking more water? You know, can I get up and I'm, I'm a big fan coffee fan. Can I have that coffee in the morning? Can I, you know, cut back on other things that I'm maybe, you know, splurging on a little bit during the pandemic, like processed food sales were on the rise at the beginning of the pandemic. And baking was on the rise because people were seeking comfort, you know. So I think that that it's a year later now and we, we need to find our way back to, 
you know, eating the whole orange and skipping the store-bought orange juice, as I say. I love that. Eat the whole orange. Because you can eat, you can't eat a whole bag of whole oranges, but if you drink the processed orange juice, you can drink, you can, you're literally drinking a whole bag, which so out of context, you overdo it. So it's to teach people those principles. Overdo it and the added sugars. That's right. And And then the insulin and then the depression and because you're going to have that impact on your brain. So nutrition's a very, very almost there's a very it's a very quick response one gets from changing nutrition in terms of mental health. Do you find that? Is it's I mean, it's pretty not that I'm saying quick fix, but I mean once you start adjusting a diet, if you've on a highly processed diet, like that example you gave of your patient, sw- switching from a mm-hmm. fairly balanced diet People to a very high to, processed yeah. yeah, there was an immediate mood change. You know, it's and I know in the list of addictions there was an immediate improvement. Very, yeah, big so big improvement in terms of how and it was quite quite fast. It, it was uh, absolutely so. There are, you know, I think the, so. The gut healing takes a bit longer, but people start to feel so much so empowered by the fact that they, but they absolutely start to feel. I have patients within a week say, "What else can I be doing?" Because I've learned through my own practice and the protocols that I've developed that people can start small and then build up habits or build up changes, I should say. But here's the thing: when you when they have a list of ten things to do, they they can't. It, it's too overwhelming for them for themselves it's too many but they can start small and build up no call within a few days i want to do more because i'm already feeling i'm, I'm sleeping better or i'm my feeling lighter when i i'm eating a certain way and it's absolutely true it's very very powerful and i think that that it it makes people feel autonomous like they can do something it's not, you know, just going and getting that quick fix or, or whatever it is, that they can feel empowered and that they can they can find their way back to health. And it's it's sort of being patient with themselves and accepting that these things happen with consistency, right? If you know if you don't if you don't if you don't practice the things that you talk about in the book, they don't happen. You know, you you've got to you've got you've got to work you've got to keep on it. Yeah, you gotta keep working on it. But you're offering people an alternative through something that's so natural. You know, we eat. So you're saying, hey, let's take, what you, yeah, let's take what you what you eat and let's make it work for you. So that's just beautiful. Now, supplementation, I, mean, I know there's lots of other things, but how do you feel about supplementation? Into, do you also use that in your approach? I, I do. And my, my approach evolved on supplementation because initially I would be very, and I've even written articles where I've said, you know, our diet really should be the basis. And it's true. It should. But we don't live in a perfect world. You know, where where we have the standard American diet, which is called a sad diet for a good reason, there are many nutrition gaps. And even as we are each trying to make healthier changes, that there are still nutrition gaps. And so for that reason, I think there's a place for supplementation. And I think that, for example, omega-3s are a good supplement. You can get it through seafood, fatty fish. You can get it through plant-based sources, but you can also take a supplement. And there are both, you know, fish oil supplements available, as well as vegan supplements, algal oil available. So that's, that's a good example. Another one for, 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 pe- for people to know is that saffron, the spice, has a lot of good evidence in clinical trials of depression. But, but as you know, Dr. Lee, if you only use a few strands and it's very expensive, you don't eat a ton of it. And it's really, if you look at the dosing in the studies, that's a good example of when you could get a supplement. And the immune clinics have a great supplement for saffron, which I will ask people to get if, if they really want to boost everything else that they're doing with food. So those are a couple of examples. Vitamin D in the far Northeast, many of us are deficient. So, so it might actually just become important to check with your doctor, get the blood test and just supplement that and, and then boost, boost what you're doing with food as well. So there's a way in which they can work complementary. They can, sorry, they can be complimentary. 
This episode is brought to you by Four Sigmatic, a wellness company that is well known for its delicious mushroom coffee. Four Sigmatic's mushroom coffee is real, organic, fair trade, single origin Arabica coffee with lion's mane mushroom for productivity and chaga mushroom for immune support. I've been starting my day with Four Sigmatic's ground mushroom coffee with lion's mane instead of regular coffee and I love how it helps me focus so I can get hours of research and interviews done. It's amazing and I absolutely feel an uptick in my productivity every time I drink it. Mushroom coffee is also easy on my gut and doesn't leave me with that awful jittery feeling or midday crash. Now you're probably thinking, does this coffee taste like mushrooms? I can guarantee it tastes just like the coffee you love. It brews dark and nutty and tastes incredible. We've worked out an exclusive offer with Four Sigmatic on their best-selling mushroom coffee. But this is just for cleaning up the mental mess listeners. Get up to 40% off and free shipping on mushroom coffee bundles. To claim this deal, you must go to foursigmatic.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. This offer is only for cleaning up the mental mess listeners and is not available on their regular website. You'll save up to 40% and get free shipping. So go right now to foursigmatic.com slash Dr. Leaf and fuel your productivity and creativity with some delicious mushroom coffee. The link and details will be in the show notes. You said something very, very important there. Don't just go to the local Whole Foods or Whole Shop or Vitamin Shop or something and just buy what you yeah. think. You know, just okay, I'm going to load up with all yeah. those things. You have to do right. the blood work because if you're taking what you yeah. don't need, you know, and I know for a fact that if you're short of vitamin D and you over and you and you don't have enough, it's not going to help. But if you don't need vitamin D and you take a whole lot, it's going to be a problem. You know, people automatically think like vitamin C, you can just go and take a whole lot and you'll yeah. be fine. If yeah. you take too much, it's yeah. actually dangerous. So thank you for saying that. Yeah. Don't just go and supplement. Really make sure that you do it based on what you're based on blood work that blood your body test, needs yeah, that, yeah yeah so important That's and you it. might well be deficient you know you might well be deficient yeah. but check first Check foods. Um, don't just go self-supplement. Yeah. yeah, that's so good. Okay, I want to talk about, I love the fact that the anxiety, fermented foods, dietary fiber, and the tryptophan must. Let's talk a little bit about that. Because anxiety, oh, you know, people use sure. anxiety, yeah. as we know, people use depression and anxiety, so they it's, but meanwhile, they're warning signals. But if you're feeling anxious, yeah. there's obviously something going on. But because you're in your mm. mind and your life and, and mm. experience, but there's also your brain and body that needs to be looked after. So that's yeah. very important that we can, that nutrition can help us with anxiety. But you talk Absolutely. about the tryptophan myth, dietary fiber and fermented foods. So let's talk about that. Absolutely. So tons, absolutely. So, you know, the stress that we're experiencing in the here and now, it's something that we can certainly work in a holistic way, but we can also change what we're eating. This is where I think it becomes super important for people to know the stuff that they should be avoiding because the added and refined sugars, the junk foods, processed foods, ultra processed foods have preservatives, dyes, colorants, stabilizers, preservatives, as well as artificial sweetness. There are many of them that actually all of that, those, that group processed vegetable oils, which are the cheaper oils often used in fast food, food outlets, those disrupt our mental health. Added and refined sugars have been shown to worsen anxiety. So it's not, you know, just that it's bad for your metabolic health. Yes, it is, but it worsens your anxiety. So it's important for people to say they think they're having too much sugar in their diet. Don't just switch to an artificial, don't go from a soda to a diet soda because the artificial sweetener could worsen your anxiety. So it's these little things that are important to know about. But then, you know, on on the positive side, the two big food groups that are super helpful in anxiety. One is 
fiber is your friend. And fiber is your friend because think of a complex carbohydrate that breaks down slowly in your body. Your insulin doesn't spike. You know, you have a bowl of chia pudding for breakfast or as a snack or an oatmeal, something like that that's filling and it's not going to just cause these these spikes. And, and that's the difference because the sugary donuts that, you know, some, somewhere, somewhere in the world we forgot in the United States that dessert became breakfast because in many countries like the United Kingdom, you know, donut is something you have at high tea, but here we have the breakfast. So I always think that's really funny. But 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 that's a great example. If you eat it, you know, you 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 may feel good immediately, you know, but for the longer term it's actually damaging to your brain. So understanding that becomes important. So fiber, fiber rich foods, great for your gut microbes, nurtures them, helps your immunity, helps your sleep, helps so many things in terms of including those. And where do you get them from? vegetables, fruit, beans, nuts, seeds, healthy whole grains, lentils, things like that. So just include some of those if you eat them in your diet. And then fermented foods are basically bringing back live active cultures. It's like bringing back more friendly bugs to your microbes to your gut. And you need that. So people who eat dairy, they're actually now non-dairy forms of yogurts that have probiotics in them or have live active cultures. And I just say, get the unfruited ones, because even though blueberries are tasty or, or healthy, you shouldn't, you shouldn't get the fruited kind because they can have six to eight teaspoons of added sugar. So just buy the plain and add your blueberries. That's the issue. And then other fermented foods are things like kombucha, kefir, miso, tempeh, many things that you can add to your diet that actually will will help your anxiety over time. So just bringing them in will, will quell anxiety. And my other big favorite for anxiety is really to incorporate things like turmeric. You know, it's available as a supplement, but a quarter teaspoon with a pinch of black pepper to soup, a smoothie, or a tea, if you don't cook with it. If you cook with it in a stir fry or, or something like that, could be very helpful to just start bringing back in because it has anti-inflammatory, antioxidant properties, it quells anxiety. So it's it's a good one to to add to the mix. And then the power of calming teas, people underrate the fact that green tea, flower, lavender, all of these can be chamomile, can be very calming for the body. So, you know, if you if you're feeling that that level of anxiety, then maybe have, you know, incorporate more tea into your diet. And that that in itself can be just just help you over time. Love that. That's wonderful. Very, very good advice. If you consider the fact that the gut also secretes a natural benzodiazepine, you don't, you've actually, yes. and if you eat the proper foods that you've described, you actually allow your gut to release that and to release the serotonin. So our, our natural pharmacopoeia is activated by eating a diet that's, that's brain and body friendly. And then you start getting the, and then over time, instead of adding something in that's a chemical that has other side effects, you can train your body to release what you need, which is, it's that, it's the hard work though. At, yes, you get that immediate effect that not immediate but you do feel that because diet's so because you're eating all the time there is that impact but it does take time as you also said to make those changes and people need to stick with that and that's the problem in today's fast world this quick fix mentality fixing your diet your nutrition your mental health your nutrition is a process it's a process and, and one that you have to be committed to and one that you have to be patient with yourself around because you will, I, I promise you will feel better, but at the same time, it might take a little bit of time. But I also think we, 
Yeah, we also are a little impatient in 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 in, in you know in in our attitudes towards getting healthy. Well, getting it is better, because so. the the, the, yeah. adver- the advertisements say you're feeling sad. Get this medication. Tell your doctor to give you some Zoloft, and now it's yeah. all going to go away. And yeah. then they have pictures of people, happy people, jumping all over yeah. the place, smiling. And then yeah. and then yeah. there's a thousand people side effects. Realize, yeah. No, they don't read the thousand yeah. side effects underneath yeah. that are in yeah. tiny fine print. That actually there's a boomerang yeah. effect. So yeah. it's so much better to approach yeah. your mental health in a very holistic way. So I'm very grateful for this information. Yeah. Let's talk about insomnia because people battle so much with with sleep and you've mentioned Absolutely. already chamomile you've got a couple of a couple of examples for, to help with insomnia. Absolutely. So my my two tips for insomnia are one tip is uh, flip your breakfast and I say that because there are foods like eggs which contain melatonin, the certain veggies that contain melatonin. So I say, you know, if you shock your little bit with sleep, have that omelet in the evening. You know, have it with the salad. Just do it differently because those are melatonin-rich foods. And that's one way to approach it. And the other one is tart cherries, which until I did my research way back and started to incorporate this with patients, it's it's actually helps people sleep. And in certain parts of the country, you can get it get it at natural food stores. I'm wary of the ones that people might get online just because you want to look at the added sugar, but you can get it in natural food stores. Some parts of the country you get, you can buy tart cherries and other parts you can get them frozen. So include that as a snack because they, they have a very soothing effect for sleep and it could be a nighttime snack that you have. Or if you get the juice, you can always sip that at night. I love that. That's great. That's fantastic advice. Is one of your 2021 New Year's resolutions to read more? Well, I've got an amazing hack to help you achieve your goal 10 times over. It's an app called Blinkist, and it's one of my favorite apps ever. Why? Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information, from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. Eight million people are using Blinkist right now and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers list as well as the classic non-fiction titles you always meant to read but never had time to. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Blinkist.com slash DrLeap to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash DrLeap. Let's just touch on very briefly on PTSD and ADHD. Now, once again, I want to just remind everyone, mm-hmm. we're not talking about labels as it. So PTSD is not an it, nor is ADHD and it, nor is dementia and anxiety. These are symptoms that something's going on. So if, if you have, have had a trauma, then post-traumatic stress is very normal response, mm-hmm. but you can help manage that with diet. So I just wanted to say that and remind everyone when we throw out these labels mm-hmm. that we're not putting people in categories. We just say that this mm-hmm. is these are human responses, these are warning signals. But you can manage those yes. symptoms with diet. So what would be some examples that you would advise if someone had gone through a major stress and came to you and we mm-hmm. were really having a battling with flashbacks and you know, the pain in their body mm-hmm. and the shock and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing? How would you help someone Absolutely. like that? 
So some of the foods that I recommend are blueberries. I go back to them. They're rich in anthocyanins. A quarter cup to a half a cup is, is great for your body and brain, anti-inflammatory effects. Omega-3 fatty acids, which you could get in fatty fish like wild-caught salmon, mackerel, sardines, or vegetarian vegan sources are chia seeds, flax seeds, which which you can you can add to your diet as well. Turmeric also plays a role in helping with symptoms of PTSD or stress, I should really, I'd like to call it, Dr. Dr. Leaf, almost stress during the pandemic because someone has been traumatized in some way during this process of, of the pandemic besides everything else in our lives, right? So I think incorporating those are great. With ADHD, I, I will point out that some of the studies show that eating breakfast is very important because there's something about, I know there's a lot about different types of fasting going on. Again, you have to discuss it with your doctor, but in ADHD, it turned out that it was really important. And, and for those people who do take medications for ADHD, it tends to suppress the appetite. So it's extremely important to eat breakfast because it helps your focus during the day. And then polyphenols from things like berries and cherries and eggplant, different things like onions, green tea are super important to help with focus as well as B vitamins and the C vitamins and minerals that you can add in through foods in your diet. In chapter 11, I have foods with the different minerals that you can know, watch add to your diet, things with zinc, potassium, and magnesium actually are foods that you should embrace. So, you know, I think that that becomes, becomes important in ADHD. And, and, you know, the other thing is, is avoiding foods with the added colorants, dyes, and, and, Sort of the junk foods because all the the, the the added and refined sugars. Any parent will tell you at a, at a birthday party that you know children will suffer after they eat all the sweet stuff and be you know lacking focus to say the least. So. Exactly. You know, it, it, it makes me happy to hear a psychiatrist having worked for so many years in clinical practice with neurologists and psychiatrists that were whacking these kids onto these drugs, not looking at their diet, not looking at their exercise. And I'd be sitting there, they'd come to me and I'd be taking them off the meds and getting them onto, yeah. you know, just asking them a few questions about what are you feeding mm-hmm. them? What are you eating? And you just go around some of the schools when I worked in schools. I mean, what they, yeah. the kids yeah. are being fed at lunchtime from the school. I mean, this is yeah. just not, yeah. these are not brain foods. These are, these are foods that yes. will create symptoms the, the well, symptoms of problems. ADHD as opposed yeah. to, and then these kids get labeled and then get medicated when actually what they needed was a mm-hmm. dietary change and more movement in their diet. So I'm very grateful for mm-hmm. psychiatrists like you yourself that are teaching people how to approach this in a more holistic way. It's so vitally important. So I want to thank you thank for your you. great work and thank you for spending the time with me today. And we've been talking about this wonderful book. This is your brain on food. And where can they get, where can people get your book and find thank out more you, about Lee. you? Absolutely. You follow me on social at Dr. Uma Naidu, which is at D-R-U-M-A-N-A-I-D-O-O. But please subscribe to my website where you'll get tons of new information all the time. And that's umanaidumd.com. And I would love to hear from people. So thank you. And thank you for hosting me. It's always lovely to talk with you. It's lovely to talk with you as well. We have so much that we that we share in common when it comes to mental health, having a holistic approach and helping people to get that autonomy back. That's really one of my yes. favorite things is that agency. I have a whole path to empowerment yeah. that I that I that I have done research on. And, and eating is such a great way, as you said, I loved how you said that earlier on, that it's such a great way of helping people feel empowered because you can say, try this. And then they, they do it and they control and then that works and then you can give them the next thing. So it's a tremendous way of helping people to self-regulate and get that sense of agency back. So I really love your approach and I want to thank you for joining me today and for your pearls yeah. of wisdom. 
been wonderful. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. My, my pleasure, Dr. Lee. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you again next time. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.